Greg Laurie, prominent pastor, author, and evangelist today, uh, shared these words, and uh, he said this, the real message of Christmas is not the gifts we give to each other. Rather, it is a reminder of the gift that God has given to each of us. It is the only gift that truly keeps on giving. Our God is the ultimate gift giver. There's never been and there never will be a greater giver than God. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whosoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. For God so loved the world that he gave. Say that with me out loud. For God so loved the world that he gave. No matter how often we think about the birth of Jesus, no matter how often we read about the birth of Jesus, no matter how often we talk about the birth of Jesus, no matter how often we listen to sermons about the birth of Jesus, the story of the birth of Jesus always blesses us. It always challenges us. It always encourages us. It always reminds us of the crazy, extravagant, overwhelming love that God has for us in Christ Jesus. The motivation behind the manger is God's love. The meaning of the manger is God's love. The message from the manger is God's love. God loves you and God loves me. Tell your neighbor God loves you. We know this is true. Every moment of our day, every time we look into the word, the word just shouts out God's love for us. So let me invite you to open your Bibles with me to Luke chapter 2. Luke chapter 2 is where we will begin this morning. We'll move around a little bit this morning uh, as we look at what God has for us. We are continuing our study of the birth of Jesus. And we are identifying some messages from the manger uh, in Bethlehem that apply to us today. These messages from God inspire us to live for God today. Last Sunday, if you remember, we looked at God's message for us to persevere. Uh, the focus was on perseverance last week. We begin reading in Luke chapter 2, verse 1. In those days, a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that the whole empire should be registered. The first registration took place while Quirinius was governing Syria. So everyone went to be registered, each to his own town. And Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth and Galilee to Judea to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and family line of David, to be registered along with Mary, who was engaged to him and pregnant. While they were there, the time came for her to give birth. Then he, she gave birth to her firstborn son. She wrapped him snugly in cloth, laid him in a feeding trough, because there was no room for them at the inn. Almighty God empowered Joseph and Mary to persevere uh, through difficult circumstances and dangerous opposition by their faith in him and their obedience to him. Joseph and Mary showed their faith in God by their obedience to God. And the perseverance of Joseph and Mary 
encourages and inspires us today to persevere in our faith in God and in our obedience to God by the power of God at work in us. We see this message to persevere throughout this story. And we see another message that I want us to focus on this morning throughout the story of the birth of Jesus. And that message is real simple. Do not be afraid or fear not. Do not be afraid. The word afraid or fear is in the original language is from the word phobao. And that's the word we get our English word phobia from. It literally means to fear, to scare, or to terrify. The angel shared these words, shared this message, do not be afraid, on four occasions in the story of the birth of Jesus because the initial reaction of each of the people to the appearance of the angel was fear. And this is certainly understandable because an angel's appearance to a person was a rare occurrence. Understand, angels didn't just fly around in this day and time and just pop in and people to check out what's in the cupboard and hang out and find out what's going on in the latest news. This is a rare occurrence. And we're going to see on each occasion, the angel shared a message of blessing, a message of encouragement about the birth of God's Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ, which we're able to read and watch and observe and see and know. But it was a blessing. It was an encouragement message. And therefore, the angel knew, just as we know today as we read, the angel knew that there was no reason for the person the angel was speaking with to be afraid, terrified, or troubled. Which is part of the reason why the angel continued to share God's message with each of these folks in these different four occasions. Many people today struggle with, wrestle with fear. Fear can be positive, such as in the case of Solomon's words, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. So knowledge begins, we understand, according to the truth of God's word, with an awe of and a reverence for Almighty God who is in control on his throne and in charge of our lives. And so we know fear, biblically, can be positive. However, fear is most often negative. Fear causes us to be anxious, to be scared, to be even terrified. Certainly, fear causes us to be troubled. Fear assaults our minds. Fear steals our joy. Fear begins to work its way into our heart and mind and pulls us away from God, God's word, God's people, and God's praise. Fear happens when we take our eyes off of God and put them onto ourselves, others, or our circumstances. And this is where the wrestling match ensues day to day for you and for me. It's in making sure that we, we keep our eyes on the Lord. Because when we take our eyes off the Lord, put them on ourselves, others, or our circumstances, fear comes in quickly. It rushes in and it spreads throughout us and divides us in our minds. Uh, and so we see, and we're going to notice in these examples this morning, 
that Satan was hoping to use fear to use as his weapon of choice with Joseph, Zechariah, Mary, and the shepherds. Why was he trying and hoping to use fear? He was hoping to use fear with each of these occasions, with each of these individuals, with Joseph and Zechariah, Mary, and the shepherds, because he wanted to keep them from believing God and walking by faith in God. He didn't want them to obey God. He didn't want them to follow God's plan, which the angel was speaking to them. And so we see in our own lives, our enemy loves to try to use the weapon of fear with us. He loves to try to use the weapon of fear against us. Why? Because he doesn't want us to believe God. He doesn't want us to walk by faith in God. He doesn't want us to obey God. He doesn't want us to fulfill the plan that God has for us. He doesn't want us to receive all that God's doing in us. And so he tries to turn us away from God. He tries to divide us from God by using fear against us. So the message that the angel shared to Joseph and to Zechariah and to Mary and to the shepherds is the same message that God, by his Holy Spirit, is speaking to us through the truth of his word this morning. And that message is a very simple message. And that message is, do not be afraid. If you look into the original language, if you look into the tense of this verb, do not be afraid, you're going to notice that it can also be translated, stop being afraid. Stop fearing. There's no reason to be afraid when we keep our eyes on the Father. There is every reason to be afraid when we put our eyes on ourselves, others, or our circumstances. Know that. There is every reason for every one of us to be afraid when our focus is away from the Father, which is why the angel immediately shared the message in each occasion and then began sharing with them what God was going to do in and through and around them. And so that's what God wants to share with us this morning. And so this is good news uh, for you and for me this morning as we dive into this passage and see what God has for us. So Almighty God, we ask right now, I just ask that you would allow us to hear from your Holy Spirit as he speaks to us God, we know you speak, and, and we want to hear, and we want to apply these truths to our lives. Father God, many of us are struggling with fear. Many of us are, are battling with fear in a certain area of our lives. And so, God, we desperately need this. There's the rest of us, God, if we may not necessarily personally be, we may not, uh, be struggling with it on a personal level. God, we know somebody who is, and so we know that your uh, words of truth for us this morning are for us. Uh, but they're also for us to use with those you're going to place around us. So, God, I pray that you would just speak. Give us the courage to hear and obey and do exactly what you ask us to do. For it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. All right, let's look at the first message. The first message from the angel is do not fear God is in control. Do not fear God is in control. Turn to your left from the Gospel of Luke and turn to Matthew's Gospel. We need to look in Matthew's Gospel for this first appearance, this first message that we're going to look at from the angel uh, to Joseph. So Matthew chapter 1, we're going to turn there real quickly. Uh, it'll be on the screen if you want to follow along there, but I would encourage you to turn in your scriptures so that you can follow along with me in uh, uh, Matthew's Gospel chapter 1. 
uh, the angel is speaking this first message, do not be afraid, God is in control. Now we pick up with Matthew chapter 1, beginning in verse 18, the birth of Jesus Christ came about this way, after his mother Mary had been engaged to Joseph, it was discovered before they came together that she was pregnant by the Holy Spirit. So her husband Joseph, being a righteous man and not wanting to disgrace her publicly, decided to divorce her secretly. But after he had considered these things, an angel of the Lord suddenly appeared to him in a dream saying, Joseph, son of David, don't be afraid to take Mary as your wife because what was conceived in her is by the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son and you are to name him Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. We see the angel appeared to Joseph in a dream and said, Joseph, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife. Joseph, do not be afraid of the fact that Mary is pregnant. Joseph, do not be afraid of the fact that you're not the father. Joseph, do not be afraid of what others will say or think. Joseph, do not be afraid. God is in control. Now, these words to Joseph were no doubt comforting because life appeared to be out of control for Joseph at this point in time. Joseph and Mary were betrothed to be married. The wedding was just around the corner. There was anticipation and excitement regarding the upcoming wedding. Joseph and Mary were practicing abstinence and obedience to the truth of God's word before marriage. Joseph and Mary were excited about all that was to come. Joseph discovered that Mary was pregnant. And Joseph knew he wasn't the father. He was sure of that. Joseph loved Mary. And so Joseph began to dwell on this reality, this change. And he thought to himself, well, I love her so much. I don't want to disgrace her. I don't want to bring shame to her. I don't want to embarrass her publicly in any way. And so Joseph said, what I'm going to do is I'll just divorce her secretly. I'll do it quietly out of the limelight because I don't want anyone to, to look at her. I don't want to put any focus on her because I don't want to disgrace her. This was all before the angel appeared to Joseph to share God's plan for Joseph, with Joseph. And so the angel's words to Joseph were comforting. The angel's words to Joseph were encouraging. The angel's words to Joseph were timely. Joseph, do not be afraid. Do not be afraid. God is in control. And this is the same message that God wants us to grab onto this morning. In your life, in my life, wherever God finds us here this morning, do not be afraid. God is in control. No matter what happens to us, do not be afraid. God is in control. No matter who may come against us, do not be afraid. God is in control. When everything changes for us, when everything changes around us, when everything changes within us, do not be afraid. God is in control. He is in control of your life and my life, just as he was in control of Joseph and Mary. And we see the response of Joseph to the angel's message in verse 24. If you look in verse 24, when Joseph got up from sleeping, 
He did as the Lord's angel had commanded him. He married her. That means he married Mary. Joseph responded to the words of the angel with obedience. He did what the angel said to do when the angel said to do it. And so for you and for me this morning, since we know God is in control, whether we see it, whether we understand it, since we know God is in control, we believe it, there's no reason for us to be afraid. Since we know God is in control, there's no reason for us to fear. Since we know God is in control, what we simply need to do is what Joseph did. We just simply need to obey God. Step by step, moment by moment, day by day. Simply walking in obedience to him. The first message here to Joseph is do not be afraid. God is in control. Now let's go back to Luke. You need to go back to Luke chapter 1 because we see the second message. Uh, And the second message is do not be afraid. God answers prayer. Do not be afraid. God answers prayer. Now in Luke chapter 1, that's where we're going to be for this example, for this message from the angel. Uh, We pick up in verse 11. Luke chapter 1 verse 11 An angel of the Lord appeared to him. Now, let's stop there. Him is Zechariah. Zechariah was married to Elizabeth. Elizabeth was Mary's relative. The scriptures tell us that Zechariah and Elizabeth were righteous. That means they loved God. They lived for God. They were godly folks. We also know, according to the scriptures, that Zechariah and Elizabeth were uh, well along in years, as the scripture uh, says, and they were childless. Uh, So we see, he said in verse 11, and the angel of the Lord appeared to him, that's Zechariah, standing to the right of the altar of incense. Zechariah was a priest, and he was serving according to the scriptures, with his division of priests in the temple area, which was his usual duty as a priest. It just so happens that uh, Zechariah was chosen by Lot to go in to the holy place to burn incense to God on the altar of incense, which was not his usual duty. We know, according to scholars, tell us that not every priest was selected to go into the holy place to burn incense to God. Many priests would serve their entire lifetime in the priesthood waiting for but not receiving that honor, that privilege, that opportunity to go into the holy place and burn incense to God. Once a priest was selected... For this privilege, they could only do it once in their entire time as a priest. That was to make sure that as many priests got the opportunity to burn incense, the altar of incense, as possible. The offerings would be made in the morning and in the afternoon as a rite of purification. The incense would be a pleasing aroma to the Father. And so we see Zechariah was chosen. He was chosen to go in and to offer incense. Now, the holy place where the altar of incense was located was outside the Holy of Holies in the temple area. The Holy of Holies was the place where the Ark of the Covenant uh, was kept, which represented God's uh, presence among his people. 
And uh, the Holy of Holies could only be entered by the high priest, and that only once a year as he took a blood sacrifice in to offer forgiveness for the sins of the people. And so we see that Zechariah is in the holy place, which is just outside of the Holy of Holies. He cannot go through that curtain into the Holy of Holies. He's in the holy place, and he's standing beside the altar of incense where he is going to burn incense uh, as a pleasing aroma uh, to the Father. Scholars tell us that this would have been the high point in Zechariah's priesthood. I mean, this was the high point, the privilege to be inside alone, the holy place, burning incense to the Father. As Zechariah was inside, the high priest, other priests, and everyone else, the people were outside praying for Zechariah as he was in there. And so as Zechariah is standing at the uh, side of the altar of incense, an angel appears to him. So let's pick back up in verse 12. In verse 12, when Zechariah saw him, he was startled and overcome with fear. But the angel said to him, do not be afraid, Zechariah, because your prayer has been heard. Your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son, and you will name him John. There will be joy and delight for you, and many will rejoice at his birth. The angel, which we know was Gabriel, told Zechariah, do not be afraid. God has heard your prayer. God has heard the prayers of your wife, Elizabeth, and God has determined that it is now time to answer your prayers because God is a God who answers prayer. And the angel Gabriel told Zechariah, Elizabeth will give birth to a son and you are to give him the name John. Listen, Zechariah and Elizabeth were going to become the parents of John the Baptist the one who would go before Jesus to prepare the way for Jesus in the ministry of Jesus. Awesome! Awesome! You talk about an answer to prayer. Wow! That's an answer to prayer. I want you to see the response of Zechariah. Verse 18. How can I know this? Zechariah asked the angel. For I'm an old man. And my wife, I love this, is well along in years. I'm old. My wife is well along in years. Had some wisdom there. Had some wisdom. But what do we see? Well, we clearly see that when Zechariah heard the words from Gabriel, he doubted the words of Gabriel. He doubted. He doubted. Why? Well, he doubted because he and Elizabeth have been praying a long time. They've been praying a long time to have a child. And Zechariah thought that they had lost their opportunity. The time had passed them. That Elizabeth was past her childbearing years. And so the realities of life, the circumstances of life that they had been dealing with had weighed on Zechariah. And so when he heard these amazing words from Gabriel, 
he doubted. Now I want you to continue. Let's look at verse 19 because Gabriel responds. The angel answered him and said, I am Gabriel who stands in the presence of God and I was sent to speak to you and tell you this good news. Now listen, you will become silent and unable to speak until the day these things take place because you did not believe my words which will be, say that with me, which will be fulfilled in their proper time. God silenced Zechariah at that moment from that time until the time when his son John would be born. Why? Because he doubted the words from God through the angel Gabriel. Now, this may sound like another amazing blessing from God, another amazing gift from God from the ladies in the house this morning. I mean, you can think about this, ladies, and I mean, you look at this, and Zechariah was silent. That meant for the entire time, all those months, man, Elizabeth could have given it to him, and he couldn't have said a word. (laughs) He couldn't have responded. He just had to take it. Not that any of you ladies would ever do that. I understand that. I totally understand that. But what a story. What a story. An amazing story here. Zechariah, serving, privilege, the high point, the angel, the words, the reality of life. The response, gentle rebuke from the Father. And for that period of time, he was silent. But it doesn't mean God was silent with him. As God continued to minister to Zechariah, as Zechariah saw everything unfold from a very new perspective, which if we had time to, to get to it, we would be able to see that when his tongue was finally loosed and John was born, he just erupted into praise and to honor and to worship of the Father. Just erupted in praise. Uh, and so we, we see uh, this message that God shared with Zechariah is true for you and me as well. Do not be afraid God's in control. Do not be afraid God answers prayer. God answers prayer. Jesus told us, keep on asking, keep on seeking, keep on knocking. Why? Because God will keep on answering. And I want you to see something, and this is a whole other sermon. We won't be able to get into it, but I want you to take a notes. Maybe just jot these quick notes down. Uh, that'll encourage us when it comes to God's answers to our prayers. I want you to see a a few things here, just real quick. Uh, Number one, God's answers to prayer are always on time. We know this, his time, not our time. They're always on time. You can think of the timing of God's answers to prayer for Zechariah and Elizabeth. It's amazing uh, as you look into the, the timing there. God's answers to prayer are always best. We know this. They're always on time and they're always best for us. So whatever his answer is, yes, no, wait, grow, whatever the case may be, his answer is always best. Third, God's answers to prayer always exceed our expectations. Think about that. Joseph and Mary were uh, focused in on what God was doing in their life. Zechariah and Elizabeth were focused in. Zechariah and Elizabeth were just praying for a child. And there's no way they were praying and asking for John the Baptist. And yet God not only heard their prayer, answered their prayer, he exceeded their expectations with their prayer. They were going to be the parents of John the Baptist. And we know that God's answers to prayers always, always bring glory to God. Always points us to God so that we can worship him. Uh, And so 
It is in those times where we're wrestling with fear and we're praying and we're praying and we're praying. And, and just because we wrestle with fear doesn't mean we're not praying. It generally means we're praying like crazy and we're wrestling with fear. We're not being pinned by fear. Why? Because we're praying and we're wrestling with fear. And know that in that time, Keep your eyes on the Lord and you'll continue to win in that wrestling match because you know God's in control and you know God answers prayer. And since God is in the prayer answering business, then we need to be in the prayer requesting business. Amen? We need to be continually presenting our requests to God, not just for ourselves, but for one another, which is why it's so important to be connected with family, with brothers and sisters in Christ, so we can present our requests and the requests of one another uh, because God hears and he answers our prayers. We see the third message from the angel. Uh, and the message from the angel on this third message is, do not be afraid. Nothing is impossible with God. Do not be afraid. Nothing is impossible with God. We see this unfold as we look just a few verses down. Look at verse 26 of Luke chapter 1. In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent by God to a town in Galilee called Nazareth, to a virgin engaged to a man named Joseph of the house of David. The virgin's name was Mary. And the angel came to her and said, Rejoice, favored woman, the Lord is with you. But she was deeply troubled by this statement, wondering what kind of greeting this could be. And the angel told her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. Mary was deeply troubled. She was afraid. She was dealing with, with fear upon the appearance of the angel Gabriel to her. And she wondered, Scripture tells us, what this appearance meant for her. Was this a good message, bad message? Was this a good visit, a negative visit? Was she, did she do something wrong or what, what's going on? She was troubled. And the angel quickly said to her, do not be afraid. Do not be troubled. You are highly favored. You have found favor with God, which means God had blessed Mary with his grace and favor. Mary found favor with God because of her faith in God. And so the angel immediately spoke to Mary, do not be afraid, immediately pointed to God, you have found favor with the Father, immediately pointed her attention to God. This was a message from God through him. And he then continued to share his plan for Mary. Look at verse 31. Now listen, you will conceive and give birth to a son, and you will call his name Jesus. He will be great, and we call the Son of the Most High. And the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David. He will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and his kingdom will have no end. Wow! What a plan! Say that with me. Emphasize the wow. Ready? Yes! Woo, that's good! Wow! What a plan! Do not be afraid, Mary. You found favor with God, and then boom! Whoa! Mary is going to give birth to Jesus, the Son of God. Just dwell on that for a moment. She was going to give birth to the Son of God. Now, look at her response. Fantastic. Mary asked the angel, how can this be since I have not been intimate with a man? 
Now, that's a great question. I think we all would agree. That is a great question. That's a legitimate question. It's a very fair question. How? Mary knew that she was a virgin. Mary knew that she was betrothed to Joseph. Mary knew that they had not been intimate in accordance with the Word of God. Mary knew, based on this message from the angel, that the angel was talking about present tense stuff. Mary knew. She could figure it out. This this message is like soon, sounds like. This is like present tense, like, like now. So she asked the obvious question, the legitimate question, how? How is it going to happen? This was not a question from a lack of faith. This was not a question of doubt, much like Zechariah's. This was a genuine, sincere question of wonder. How? And so we continue and read in verse 35. The angel replied to her, the Holy Spirit will come upon you. The power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. And consider your relative Elizabeth. Even she has conceived a son in her old age, and this is the sixth month for her who was called barren. The angel told Mary that the child would be conceived by the Holy Spirit of God within her. Therefore, the child to be born by her would be the Son of God. After that amazing mysterious explanation, he then followed with some encouragement for Mary. He said, hey, Mary, just so you'll know, your relative Elizabeth uh, is in the sixth month of her pregnancy. Yeah, your relative Elizabeth, the one that everyone thought was barren, the one that everyone thought was past the point of bearing children, the one that had been praying and praying for children, the one you probably prayed with and prayed for to have children. Yeah, that, that Elizabeth, your relative Mary, uh, she's in her sixth month of pregnancy. What an encouraging message, which focused her in then on his next statement to her. As he shared these encouraging words, the mysterious explanation of the birth, uh, the power of the Holy Spirit, would overpower her. The news of Elizabeth, her relative, Luke 37, that led up to this statement that the angel shared with Mary, for nothing will be impossible with God. Say that out loud with me. For nothing will be impossible with God. Hey, Mary, I know this is not what you were thinking. Mary, I know this may be difficult to fully understand. Mary, I know this information may be overwhelming, but Mary, I want you to know Almighty God has sent me to you, and his message from me to you is simply this, Mary, do not be afraid, for nothing will be impossible with God. Mary, nothing will be impossible with God. You see, this is the same message that God wants to speak to you and me by the power of his Holy Spirit through the teaching of his word this morning. We don't need to be afraid because God's in control. We don't need to be afraid because God answers prayer. We don't need to be afraid because nothing will be impossible for God. There is no challenge too hard. 
There is no hurt too deep. There is no marriage too broken. There is no need too great. There is no obstacle too immense. There is no pain too intense. There is no person too lost. There is no trial too difficult. There is no situation too hopeless, for nothing will be impossible with God. Did you hear the words from the Word of God through the angel? For nothing will be impossible with God. Think about it with me. The Red Sea was not impossible for God. Goliath was not impossible for God. Prison cells were not impossible for God. The fiery furnace was not impossible for God. The lion's den was not impossible for God. The Ninevites, the mean, ugly, evil Ninevites were not impossible for God. Persecution of the believer in the first church was not impossible for God. The cross was not impossible for God. The grave was not impossible for God. Death was not impossible for God. So let me assure you, and I assure myself with these same words, we can understand today that whatever it is we're dealing with, whatever it is we're going through, whatever it is we're facing, for nothing will be impossible with God. Nothing. Therefore, we don't need to be afraid or terrified troubled or discouraged? Is it a challenge not to be afraid? Absolutely, yes. It's one of the most natural things for us is to be afraid. It's one of the easiest things for us to be afraid. It's one of the things that we do best is to be afraid. And yet what we see in the scriptures is Joseph and Zechariah and Mary were just like us. That initial response of fear and yet we see the truth from God's word at work in their lives. We see the truth from God's word at work in our lives. As we respond, as we focus in on the Father, as we understand these truths, we realize, man, there's nothing that's going to be impossible with God. Therefore, we don't have to be afraid. Look at Mary's response. I love her response. We see her response. Each time the scriptures was kind enough to share with us the responses of Mary and Zechariah uh, and uh, Joseph, Verse 38, I am the Lord's slave. I am the Lord's servant, said Mary. May it be done to me according to your word. Then the angel left her. Mary simply chose faith over fear. That's as simple as you can put it here as you look into this passage. Mary chose faith over fear. As followers of Jesus Christ, we face this challenge every day all through the day. Is it going to be faith or fear? Are we going to walk by faith or are we going to walk in fear? And what we see here in this passage is great encouragement for us this morning because we can make the same decision Mary made. We can choose faith over fear if we'll hold on to a few truths that we see in this passage. A few truths that we see that were prominent in acting with Joseph and Zechariah and Mary. If we meditate on these truths, if you and I will simply meditate on these truths this day, this week, if we'll meditate on these simple truths that we know, but that we desperately need to be reminded of, that they needed to be reminded of, so that they could choose faith and not fear. We need to be reminded of these truths so that we can meditate on these truths so that we too will choose faith over fear Day by day, step by step, moment by moment. So let's look at these truths real quick. Number one, the first truth we see is God is watching over us. 
we see that God was watching over Joseph and Zechariah and Mary. They were never out of his mind. They were never off his mind. They were never out of his view. They were watched over. God was watching over Joseph. He was watching over Mary. He was watching over Zechariah. Every step of their way, every moment of their day, he was protecting them. He was bringing them exactly to the point that he had them at to do what he was asking them to do. He was watching over them. And understand, my brothers and sisters, God is watching over us. God is watching over you. He's watching over me. We are never off his mind. We're never out of his sight. The eyes of the Lord are on the righteous and his ears are open to their cry for help. We know that God watches over us, that God protects us. He knows our coming and going. He sees us. He knows right where we're at. He knows what we're dealing with. He knows what we're going through. He is watching over us. Almighty God sees you. He sees me. He sees exactly what's going on with you. He knows you. He loves you. He's watching over you. He's protecting you. He protects us when we sense it and when we see it, but I would submit to you, he protects us and watches over us a whole lot more when we don't sense it, when we don't see it. He is constantly watching over us. Listen, our presence here this morning is a testimony to God's watch care over you and me. If he wasn't watching over us, we wouldn't be here this morning. We wouldn't be here. Secondly, we see that God is working in us. If you see here, God was working in Joseph and Zechariah and Mary. He was working in them, even in their difficulties, even in their challenges, even in these challenging and tough situations they were in, in the midst of fears, they were trying to walk by faith and the walk of faith was gonna be a challenge. He was working in them. He was growing them. God was growing them in their faith in him. God was teaching them. God was preparing them for what he had planned for them. Whatever it was that God was going to have for them, he had to do his work in them so that they would be ready for what he had for them. And that's what God was doing with Joseph and Mary and with Zechariah. And he's doing the same with us. God is working in you and God is working in me. He is growing us. He is shaping us and molding us into the image of his son, our savior, Jesus. He is making us more like Jesus. He's at work in us. The scripture says, for it is God who is at work in you to will and to act according to his good purpose. We can be confident in this, that he who began a good work in us will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. For by grace have you been saved through faith. This is not of yourselves, it's a gift of God, not by works so that no one can boast. For we are God's workmanship created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God has prepared in advance for us to do. We're not saved by good works, we're saved for good works. Why? Because God's working in us. Jesus said, my father is at work and I too am always at work. So we know even in these moments right here and right now, God is working in you. He's working in me. And for each of us, I would probably guess that we know because of the Holy Spirit's work in our lives right now, we're pretty clear on some of the things he's working in us right now. I think God's probably penetrating our hearts, each one of us, in a specific way with how he's working in our lives. No one else may know about that, but you do because that's how the Holy Spirit works in each of us. But I want you to know he's working in you right now for this point, for this purpose. It may be challenging. It may be difficult. It may be the toughest thing you've ever dealt with in your life. It may be a scary situation. Whatever the case may be, know God's working in you. Know he's working. He's watching working in you. 
is things he's wanting to do in you. There's growth he's wanting to grant to you. There's grace he's wanting to give to you that is further and beyond the point you were at before. He's working. It's what he was doing with Joseph and Mary and Zechariah. He was going to take each of them further than they were before the angel came to them. He was working. But understand this, the third truth is God is working through us. Know that God is working through us. Whatever he works in us is for the purpose to work through us. God was working through Joseph and Mary to prepare them to raise Jesus, the Son of God. Wow. God was working through and in Zechariah and Elizabeth to prepare them to raise John the Baptist. The fulfillment of Old Testament prophecy, the one who would go before Jesus to prepare the way for Jesus. Hey, God is working through us. He's working through you right now to point people to Jesus. He's working through you to tell others about Jesus. He's working through you to be a blessing and minister to others for Jesus. Hey, he's working in you. And there are times when God does his work through us and his work through us is challenging for us. And we have to hold on tighter than we've ever held on for him to strengthen us. And as he works through us, the purpose may just to be to highlight his power and his grace through us. His work through us may be for those he places around us. And it just may be that he's wanting us to be content, to be satisfied with the fact that he is at work. And he wants us to know he's watching us. And he's not only working in us, he's working through us. And then we see the fourth truth is God is with us. In that blank, I want you to put God is with me. And then when you put me, I want you to put in big, bold letters. M-E, God is with me. God's with us. It's the message the angel shared to Mary. The Lord is with you. God was with Joseph, Zechariah, and Mary every step of their way, every moment of their day, empowering them to do exactly what he called them to do. God was with them. God was with them. And I want you to know this message from Scripture over and over again, we see this throughout Scripture, is God is with us. When Moses died, Joshua was next up. And what did the Lord tell Joshua? The Lord said, hey, Joshua, as I was with Moses, so I am with you. So do not be terrified. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. The Lord your God will be with you everywhere you go. Jesus said, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you. And remember, remember, he saved the best for last. Remember, I am with you. When? Always to the end of the age. So listen, in that wrestling match, In that match, in that struggle, understand the Lord your God 
He's watching over you. The Lord your God's working in you. The Lord your God's working through you. And just know, the Lord your God is with you. He's with you. Listen, fear hides these truths from us. Faith highlights these truths to us. As we take those steps of faith, we see more and more the power of God at work, the presence of God with us, and the blessings and the growth of God in us and through us and around us. The beauty is, Scripture shared with us the response of Joseph and Zechariah and Mary to the truth spoken by God through his angel to them. And so now it's our turn. And it makes sense. It's our turn this morning. As God is speaking his truth by the power of his Holy Spirit through the teaching of his word, these words are now spoken to us just as they were a couple of thousand years ago. Same words are spoken to you and me. Different context, different time, same application. Do not be afraid. Do not be afraid. God's in control. God answers prayer. And just remember, nothing is impossible with Him. So our opportunity now, it's our challenge, our decision is to choose faith and not fear. So let me ask you to bow in prayer. Our worship team is going to come and lead us into this invitation.